There is a boy that hath five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are these among so many? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Here is one of the unsung heroes of the Gospels. Uh, We have no idea who he was, but it's just uh, a boy or a lad in other translations who comes forward to our Lord and the apostles bringing uh, five barley loaves and two fish. Probably all he had. And he was probably excited to be kind of among the big guys, right? All all of the men that were following our Lord, his his apostles right there, and this little boy who probably wants to, you know, like most little boys, wants to be doing what the guys are doing, and brings this forward and offers just, you know, what he has. It's kind of a courageous thing, isn't it? Because he could easily be scoffed at. They look at him and say, and, and kind of dismiss him and say this, as Andrew does say, what are these among so many? So there's a certain risk in this generosity on his part. I mean, he's giving all that he has, and it doesn't seem like there are any uh, convenience stores nearby, so he's not going to be able to restore that uh, anytime soon. And he's risking just, you know, being ridiculed by these men, perhaps, or just dismissed, if not, uh, if not harshly, at least, you know, a disappointment to him. But he does it anyway. He puts it all before our Lord, and of course it is completely insufficient. There's no way. But our Lord takes that insufficiency, and of course, uh, through his blessing, through uh, the miracle of his hands, it becomes not just a sufficiency for the crowds, uh, but a, a, an overabundance. Our Lord gives more than they need. And so they fill up these wicker, wicker baskets at the end. He's able to, to tell them to get the leftovers at the end of the entire miracle. And Mother Church places this gospel before us at the, um, the midpoint of Lent, the Sunday where we sort of pause and catch our breath, right? We, we, we've, we're probably aware of having failed in our Lenten resolutions already. And we're looking, we've got, well, there's still, you know, several weeks left that we have to, uh, we have to persevere through. And right in the midst of this is is this gospel. I hope you realize that your Lenten resolutions, whatever they may be, are insufficient. Uh, There is nothing that we can do to equal or to be sufficient to the sacrifice that our Lord has made for us. Whatever we do, do is always insufficient. And here we're reminded that our insufficiency in the hands of the Lord becomes not just a sufficiency, but more than enough. And so calling to mind, first of all, our Lenten resolutions and redoubling our efforts to be, to be more attentive to them, more attentive to those, those little things that we've resolved to do. Because really, in, the, in terms of eternity, in the eyes of the Lord, they're, they're little. But placing them here again, at the midpoint of Lent, placing them in our Lord's hand, they become more than enough. So just take confidence in that. And then looking more broadly, of course, this is the way that we approach the Lord with all of our prayers and with all of our difficulties, all the crises that we, that we face. It's kind of a cruel thing that our Lord does to the apostles, doesn't he? He, he tests them. He says, well, you know, 
Where are we going to get enough bread to, to, to feed all of them? He knows what he's doing. He is testing them. He is putting the question in their mind. He's, he, he is bringing their attention to the fact that they are insufficient. And in light of that, he works his miracle. And sometimes it feels like he does the same thing to us. He lets things go to such a point in our lives that we feel insufficient, that we can't escape, although we try, we can't escape the realization that I'm not equal to the life to which he's called me. I'm not equal to the difficulties in which I find myself. My prayers don't seem to be working. He allows us to become aware of that. The great danger is to delude ourselves into thinking that we are sufficient or to run away from the pain of knowing that we don't have enough. That is the gravest danger. Being weak and insufficient, that is the starting point for our Lord's miracles. And so we begin there in our lives. We don't, we don't try to bluff. We don't try to make ourselves great and powerful so that we can equal God. We invite him into our insufficiency and ask him to make of it a superabundance. That is the pattern of the Christian life. That is what we ought to always be doing. Why the first act of the morning should be getting on our knees and calling to mind that we are insufficient and asking him to take the little that we have and make of it an abundance. And of course, this is shown to us and made present to us most especially in the Eucharist, which is the pattern of the Christian life. We bring him what is insufficient for the sacrifice, bread and wine. What good is that? Not even fancy bread, not even fancy wine, just simple, straightforward bread and wine. But we bring these simple things confident that he takes what is simple and insufficient and he makes it makes for us a superabundance so that we are fed with what we could never imagine ourselves ever being able to provide. That is the pattern of our lives. That is the pattern according to which we should live and breathe every day, calling to mind that we are nothing and he is everything, but that in his great power, he, from our nothingness, creates great things. And so as we turn to our Lord in the Eucharist, as we enter into that part of the Mass, as the bread and the wine are offered up, let us be conscious, make ourselves more conscious of offering ourselves up and our insufficiency and then asking our Lord to bring from that a superabundance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.